Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast. So, on the show today, I spent a lot of time talking about Marquee. And I spent some time talking about it because of people's reactions at Cubs convention when they rolled out and they kind of introduced what Marquee was all about. If you missed it, Tom Ricketts was on stage and he was trying to explain what was going on. And this happened. What our promise for the next 10 years is to continue to have the best relationship with our fans of any sport in the world, any professional sports team in the world. And that starts with the Marquee Network. The Marquee Network. What do you have against the Marquee Network? Believe me, you won't be booing about that in a year. You guys won't you won't be booing about the Marquee Network in one year. Maybe, uh, maybe that that's not going to be the issue. Trying to figure out why people were booing was interesting, and I think that Tom kind of went through some of this stuff too. Of what were they booing? Were they booing me? I think there are a lot of lot of reasons for Cubs fans to be unhappy, not with Marquee specifically, but with what's going on with the Cubs in general. I mean, if you think about it. The World Series manager is gone, even though a lot of people felt like it was time to divorce from Joe. The front office has spent zero dollars this past offseason. And now you add into the fact that the Cubs are, in essence, asking for you to be a part of their negotiation with Comcast. And if you are successful in advocating for them in your negotiation in their negotiation with Comcast you then get the privilege of paying money for Cubs games which you've already been paying through subscription fees through your cable over the last few years with them being on NBC Sports Chicago as i often say full disclosure i work for NBC Sports Chicago they are a subsidiary of Comcast so you can Listen to the rest of this to figure out whether or not I have bias towards it. I will tell you, as someone who teaches media, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. I also think that it's a weird time to start a network that's solely yours. I'm not, and look, the Cubs didn't have any options. They had a contract with NBC Sports Chicago for forever. So it's not like they could just jump out and kind of do things on their own. They had to wait until the contract was up. I'm still not convinced that the environment is right for this, but I think that there's a chance that the Cubs are going to make a whole lot of money off of it. That being said, there's a lot to sift through here. It means if you're someone who gets their cable services through Comcast, there is no option for you to get marquee at this point. They have not come to an agreement on terms of, how much the subscription fee is going to be, how much the carriage fee, which is the bigger issue, how much is it going to cost Marquee to pay Comcast to carry their channel and put it in a sports tier? And then how much is the subscriber fee going to be on Comcast to help mitigate some of that money? These are the questions that are at hand. And no one has the answer yet. But as of now, there isn't an agreement that's in place. 
we're still four weeks away from them doing spring training stuff. And what are we, eight weeks away from the season starting? So there's still plenty of time to work through some of this stuff. But the idea that Cubs fans, that there's going to be a large chunk in the amount of people that are on Comcast systems is about a million and a half households. That's somewhere in between. I haven't been able to get a an, an actual number, but it's somewhere between 40 and 50% of the viewing audience. As it stands, cannot if Marquee were on now, you wouldn't be able to watch it. But the good thing is it's not on now. You still got a little bit of time. So I think that played a significant role in why people were booing Tom Ricketts. There's other stuff, too. Like, if you want to talk about the the politics of Sinclair or or his politics overall, I'm we can have that discussion, but I'm not necessarily here in this podcast to talk about that today. There was a follow-up to it, and before I get to what I really want you to hear, I want you to hear this. This was Tom Ricketts on Inside the Clubhouse, so it's usually Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine. David Haw was hosting with Bruce Levine. Take a listen to what they talked about as it pertains to Marquee. I think it was interesting when you were introduced and you were addressing this Cubs convention crowd. Uh, It's been a while since we've heard you boo. And you brought up the Marquee Network and you were booed. How, How did that feel and how surprising was that? Well, I'm not sure I was booed. No, I think, uh, no, I think <laughs> uh, you know, I think a lot of people, I mean, it's still, um, I mean, it's still not 100% out there yet, and people don't really know what it is, and I think they're worried about change. Uh, I, I think, ultimately, it's going to be the, the best thing we can do for fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I mean, getting all the games onto one channel is going to be great. Getting the, uh, you know, just so you don't have to, like, search around for it every time. But, but then, like, all the content, it's all Cubs all the time. It's going to really go deep on our players. We're bringing back, there's a panel later today that's going to be very exciting for everyone because we're bringing back a lot of, uh, a lot of Cubs greats to participate in the, uh, in the channel. And like I said last night, I don't think anyone will boo in a year. I think it's all going to be a great thing for the fans and a great thing for the organization. Tom, uh, the unknown of uh, when it's... We know it's going to start up uh, around February 22nd, but the unknown of who's going to be carrying it, I think maybe that elicited the booze when you brought up the marquee network because people are unsure uh, if their carrier is going to have that. Uh, are, have you been assured by the people that, uh, you know, for the majority of the Cup fans are going to be able to, to get this right away? Well, we've already got a lot of carriage deals in place. So um, they're, uh, you know... A, 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 a very large percentage of our, a good percentage of our broader area has already have it. Obviously, the, the big one locally is Comcast. And um, I think that everyone has an incentive to do what's right for the, for the customers. So um, I'm pretty confident we'll get that taken care of. A couple things. One, when Tom's talking about people booing change, I don't think he's wrong. I think that it's, it's difficult for people to move on from what they already know. But in the same breath, he's talking about how Marquee is better because you won't have to be searching for the games. Right. So it makes it easier because it's it's streamlined, correct? Well, this hasn't been streamlined for people. The other thing is that it's not fully out there yet. There's another thing that Tom said. I think the Cubs have, could have done a better job with their introduction of Marquee 
And I think that they could have done a better job of rolling it out. I, I joked about this on the air. I would have preferred that they rolled out Marquee before Cubs convention. I also think that there are some easy ways for them to turn some of those people around that are booing. One of them, and I know that in, in ha- having worked in TV, that's not completely as easy as I'm making it sound, but in the case of the Yankees and their Yes Network, they reached an agreement with WPIX, which is a local station, to carry games on Sundays. I feel like that's something that Marquis should have done with Channel 9. So instead of this Band-Aid rip that's going on, and some people would argue that that's an easier thing to go through than, than a long, drawn-out process, I think it would have be, behooved the Cubs to maybe do it this way. Say, hey, we know that we are moving in, in a different direction, and while we get our network up to snuff, we are going to provide free Cubs games on Sundays for fans that are most connected with WGN. The truth of the matter is that WGN hasn't carried a majority of the games for a really long time, but they are still synonymous. Channel 9 is still synonymous with Cubs baseball. I think that it's a win-win. I think it gives an opportunity for the marquee network to get some advertising that you're going to you're going to be able to show people what it looks like without them having to buy it first. You're going to be able to invite people into the tent. You're going to be able to continue to grow fans who are maybe not in an economic place to afford to change over to Dish or whatever the subscriber fee is going to be for people. It may not sound like a lot with $100 for you to be able, $100 a year or so to watch your favorite team play baseball. But for some people, that's the difference between them having cable and them not having cable, as weird as it may sound. So I tried to give a little context to all of this stuff. I and and so that I'm I'm clear on this, I think that the Cubs have every right to charge for their product. Uh, I'm not arguing against that. I think that that is a, a, a big, important part of capitalism. And I'm not here to argue the merits of it just yet. But I understand them wanting to have their own own network and their own property and and be able to go, well, this is ours and this is how we're going to, to show it. I think that there are some things that they could have done better. And I'm not sure what the rush was other than that they had this contract. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. I just – it feels very hasty. But that's not the only issue. The issue for the viewer is they might not be able to see Cubs games. That is a legitimate thing. So let me take you back to September. I had a conversation with Bill Shaken, who writes for the L.A. Times. On the show, I played a portion of it. I played like four minutes of the conversation. Here on the pod, I'm going to let you hear all of it. So then you can kind of make up your own mind. And you can kind of figure out what the similarities are. Now, to give you a little bit of history on this, the Dodgers did a similar thing like the Yankees and the Cubs did. There are still millions of Dodgers fans who can't see the game. And as much as you would think 
that the momentum of the fan base and them calling Time Warner and trying to put pressure on them by saying we're going to move our business elsewhere would have done the job and gotten Dodgers games on, it hasn't. It's possible that this happens in Chicago. I would love to believe that both sides are going to figure out something good, like Tom was saying, that they'll think of the consumer. But I'm not convinced. And what's happened with the Dodgers is one of the reasons I'm not convinced. So this is me and Bill Shaken talking about this. And he goes into depth to explain how some of these things happen and what's possible if the Cubs haven't learned from what the Dodgers did. They've been pretty frustrating times because the Dodgers have been so successful. The Dodgers have won the National League West every year. They've gone to the World Series the last two years. And there's a good chunk of their fans that just cannot see the home team on their television set. So why is there this dispute? What What's the issue here? Is it a matter of what the fee is going to be, or is there something larger at play? Well, when the dispute started, the Dodgers had announced, just like the Cubs have announced, that we're going to have this great television channel. It's going to be only for our team. You'll be able to see not only games, but all sorts of features about players on the team and maybe some old games, maybe some rebroadcasts, but you know, all Dodgers all the time, or in the case of Marquis, all Cubs all the time. And what happened here was that the market already had two Fox TV channels. One's called Fox Sports West and one's called Prime Ticket. And the Lakers had just launched a channel a couple of years before, and the Pac-12 had also launched one. So now the Dodgers channel is going to be the fifth sports channel in this market. And some of the cable and satellite operators said, you know what? We have uh, rates that keep going up. We're starting to lose subscribers because of cord cutting or people streaming. We don't want to keep raising our rates, and we don't certainly want expensive programming for a channel that's just going to have one team that most of our viewers aren't going to watch anyway. So where normally you'd say, well, we better take this channel. The Dodgers are popular, and we don't want to risk viewers. The thought here became, you know what, let's not take the channel. Let's see how many viewers we lose. And then if enough of them defect, why, we can make a deal if we need to. And as it turns out, not enough viewers defected to ever force any of the other companies to make a deal. Were the Dodgers surprised by that? Because when I read it, it was eye-opening to me that there wasn't that big of a defection that, that allowed for this deal to get done. Yeah, what Time Warner Cable had promised, and Time Warner Cable then was playing the role that Sinclair is now for the Cubs, we're going to be the television partner. We're going to handle distribution. So Time Warner said to the Dodgers, you know, we got the Lakers channel on the air two years ago, and everybody said the same thing. Nobody's going to want a single-team channel. We're going to do a channel focused on the Lakers. It's since added some other stuff, but it's primarily Lakers. And that channel had the usual haggling. So were the Lakers on the day they played their first game of the new television contract? No, not everywhere. It took a few weeks, and eventually everybody signed up. And so there was reason for the Dodgers to think that's what would happen here. Time Warner would do the haggling. DirecTV would do their haggling. The other cable companies would haggle. And eventually 
the channel would get on. And this time, the cable, uh, I'm sorry, the cable and satellite operators helped firm. Nobody jumped first, and the channel's still off the air. Why did you feel like you wanted to do a story on this, connecting it to what the Cubs are getting ready to embark on with Marquee? Well, the reason I started, actually, was I saw some quotes from Chris Ripley, who's the CEO over at Sinclair, and he's been asked several times, well, you saw what happened in L.A., why is it going to be different in Chicago? And to be fair to Sinclair, they know everything that happened in L.A., we all do, and I'm sure they've accounted for it in their planning. But some of the quotes Mr. Ripley gave were basically, well, Dodger fans are not as passionate as Cubs fans. And that's just ridiculous. The Dodgers came within one home game of selling 4 million tickets this year. So the idea that Dodger fans are not passionate, I mean, they've drawn 3 million every year here, except the one year when they boycotted Frank McCourt to get him out of town and they succeeded. Um, It's not an issue of fan passion. And what you will have at some point, I'm sure, is people will say, hey, fans, you might not get your Cubs on TV. You need to go to, you know, idemandmycubs.com or whatever. I mean, older listeners might remember back to, you know, you got to go demand, I want my MTV. Well, there were supposed to be, I demand my Dodgers, and that didn't work. I keep wondering with, in Chicago in particular, where you have an interesting situation where the White Sox, the Blackhawks, and the Bulls, Two of those teams are owned by Jerry Reinsdorf have gone off and they're going to have the majority, the bulk of their games that aren't nationally televised on NBC Sports Chicago, which is a subsidiary of Comcast. I keep wondering if I'm Comcast, why do I owe Marquis a favor? Like, it, why wouldn't I negotiate hard for them to be carried on my system? I think that's a fantastic question. You know, one of the things that I did not get into in my story, but everyone in Chicago well knows, is that Comcast is the dominant cable provider. But we also know that Sinclair does not operate a television station in Chicago. Now, in L.A., Time Warner Cable, that's the Dodgers television partner at the time, they actually ran some cable systems in L.A. So some people could see the Dodgers if they were a Time Warner uh, household. In Chicago, there's nobody right now that's on board with Marquee because Sinclair doesn't own a system there. So you're right. If you're Comcast, you're not a disinterested observer. You want people to still be watching NBC Sports Chicago. And are you going to credit a great deal for the Cubs? Probably not. You have a vested interest in driving people to NBC Sports Chicago. So what I would imagine will happen is that Marquee will try to do deals fairly quickly with the smaller cable providers. I believe WOW is one. RCN. uh, RCN, I think, is the other one. Yep. Um, And try to get the pressure done that way. Look, these guys are carrying our channel. We've made a fair deal with them. If you let us, we'll make a fair deal with you. Um, But Comcast is so dominant that, you know, that may not be as easy as it sounds. I also wonder about the direct TV issue and – since there wasn't the threshold wasn't reached by people dropping Directv in Los Angeles, I, I I agree with you that the concept that it's so simplistic that Cubs fans are very passionate. If we take into account the way that the 2019 season is ending up for the Cubs, that that might not be firm ground to stand on. 
It might not be. In fact, one of the things that had frustrated the cable and satellite operators in L.A. was that they had just done a deal, a deal for the Lakers channel. And right about the time that deal was signed, the Lakers became terrible. And, you know, viewership went down. And, you know, not to say that Theo Epstein can't pull another rabbit out of his hat, but it doesn't look good for the, the Cubs window at the moment. But when you mentioned DirecTV, I was going to say you can look right now and uh, Sinclair is in a dispute with AT&T, which is the owner of DirecTV, right now. And Sinclair is threatening to pull some of its local channels off DirecTV and AT&T television outlets this week. So it's not to say that things are great in other markets and, you know, it might only be a problem in Chicago. This is an issue in every market. How has Sinclair been able to, to build this empire up, Bill? Well, what they're trying to do, at least with sports, is to build a vast local network. So when Fox had to sell most of their regional sports networks, their local sports channels, as part of a merger with Disney, Sinclair was there to buy them. And Sinclair says, you know what? We also have over 100 local television stations across the country, and we can turn our company into a wonderful provider of the, one of the few things that people still want to watch on TV as opposed to stream it. Local news is something that's delivered primarily over broadcast television, and local sports are the same. So that's the broadcast model. I think the problem is that the leverage Sinclair would seem to have is a little marginalized in that their broadcast stations are not in the largest market. So threats of pulling the local baseball team off, say, a Comcast system in another market, if you don't do a deal for the Cubs in Chicago, that's not as great uh, if Sinclair doesn't have a station in L.A., if they don't have a station you know, in Atlanta, if they don't have a station, of course, in Chicago, um, their stations tend to be in smaller markets. And so that leverage may not be as great as some people think. I, I'm a little bit surprised when when trying to figure out how this whole thing is going to shake down that, that the Cubs and Marquee didn't use the model that the Yes Network did, where they do flip, was it like maybe 10 to 20 games on to WPIX, and the perfect partner would have been WGN in Chicago, considering the history with the Cubs, to promote Marquee and give it give it some um for people who didn't get on board. Is there? Do you have any idea on why they decided to not go that direction? Uh, it's one word. It's money. That will not surprise you. Um, there's there's more money in making your network the exclusive home of the Cubs. Uh, I will say that you mentioned the Yes Network. That was off the air for some time in New York. Cablevision, a dominant cable carrier there, did not carry Yes. It does now, but it took some political intervention. Um, and I will say this about the over-the-air channel. The Dodgers, when they went to their own channel in Los Angeles, said what the Cubs are saying now. It's going to be great. You can know that all the games are going to be on the same channel. You'll get extra coverage on our channel. And what's happened is because they have not been able to strike deals to get the Dodgers on the air on any cable system but uh, Charter, which was Time Warner, that over-the-air games have come back, that the Dodgers and Charter have now agreed to put a small number of games on an over-the-air channel here so that at least fans can see a few. 
Not that many, but certainly better than none. How does MLB streaming and blackout rules complicate this stuff? I don't know that that was a huge factor. I can tell you that after this situation with the Dodgers channel had gone on for several years, uh, baseball changed its position. Initially, Major League Baseball said, you know what, that's not really a dispute that we can get involved in. I believe Commissioner Manfred's saying was, we don't have a seat at the table. In other words, Time Warner Cable is negotiating with DirecTV. We're not one of the negotiating partners. That wasn't tenable, and so the league eventually said, what can we do here to help? So it went to Charter, which is, again, the successor to Time Warner Cable, and said, hey, how about you do this? You can still have your exclusive cable access. So if people want to see the Dodgers on cable, they have to subscribe to your system. But if they don't or can't, they can stream the games. You can offer it streaming. It can only be offered through your company. You'll make a little extra money, and then fans that want to pay for the Dodgers on an a la carte basis can do it. And Charter said, no, we're positioning ourselves as the exclusive home of the Dodgers, and you have to subscribe to our cable company in order to see them. Wow. Bill, this is fascinating. Thank you so much for writing the piece. Before I let you go, what was the uh, feedback that you got from Cub fans after writing that piece? Well, I think they were a little startled to find out that, you know, this is not quite the slam dunk that maybe the Cubs have presented it as. But, again, I I think the Cubs know everything that happened in L.A. I think Marquis were well of it. And the one thing I was surprised to learn in reporting it is that generally you think, well, how many cable subscribers am I going to lose if I don't carry the Cubs? And somebody in the industry said, you know, that might not be the question anymore. Because as people cut their cable and cut their satellite, the money really is in Internet, is in broadband. So the question that might be, how many broadband subscriptions will the Cubs lose? And that's a whole variable that we didn't even consider when the Dodgers channel started. So that was Bill's thoughts on it, and he's continuing to follow that story because that story still goes on for the Dodgers. If I have more time and other experts, we could talk about the net neutrality angle of this as well. But I don't. I appreciate you listening to the podcast today. It won't be the last time that we discuss this uh, as we get closer to the start of the season or once a deal, if a deal gets done, is done. I look forward to revisiting some of this stuff. For you, the Cub fan, in the meantime, I'm not sure what to tell you to do. I saw someone comment on one of the stories on Marquee on Twitter, and it was a really interesting point. Because the Cubs had put up put up there the number to call Comcast and complain about, you know, you I want my marquee network or whatever it is they're asking them to do. And this fan said, So you want me to do your job for you? And and I'm I understand that sentiment. Like n- now you have to go out there and negotiate. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of heavy lifting that's being asked to be done by the consumer. I think eventually everything will work out and we'll look back at this and it'll be great. I mean, it looks like they have some really smart people that are going to be on the air. I don't think I don't know if any of it matters outside of having the games, but I think that's a good start. But this is a subject matter that's important to people. So as long as it is, I'll keep covering it.
Thanks for listening to the podcast. Talk to you tomorrow.